Blog Talk Radio. TOS back in the 60s. 
So, Leslie, did they play the entire season through in its entirety, or did they have a mid-season break? Do you remember? <laughs> I'm not gonna... I guess the operator went to lunch. <laughs> what? Say that again. Well, did I'm not. I'm not sure if EOS had a mid-season break or not. So. When I say that we have we've just gotten through the longest stretch of Star Trek, all the modern Star Trek shows had a mid-season break because they always stop producing during Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's because people aren't watching TV. So they always take a break for three or four weeks there, and then they come back with the second half of the season. So there, there's a break in there. Uh, we never have seen 23 consecutive new Star Trek episodes in a row like we just did. I'm not right. 100% sure. Well, the interesting yeah. thing, and I got to admit, they did an amazing job, is that Michael was pregnant, or the actress that played Michael was pregnant. And I actually went back and looked at the finale again, and and they were really... They were really sneaky with the cuts and things like that. I mean, um, you know, so so I have a feeling that, uh, well, you've mentioned it before, was that they had already pretty much finished season three, um, you know, before they before they even aired it. It wasn't it wasn't like like when I was working Star Trek. Deep Space Nine and Voyager, um, you know, we we were filming at the same time as it was being on television. Um, I would be very curious during what part of uh, her pregnancy uh, these episodes were being filmed. And the only I mean, reason why amazing it took so long cover up. for us to get the episodes was because of all the post production that had to be done, and uh, they did go on they did go on location, which is almost unheard of for a Star Trek series, isn't it, Leslie? You never went on location, did you? Oh yeah. Well, um, uh, okay. I I don't know if you were asking that specifically of Star Trek or or. Um, if you were asking that of any job that I did, I mean, uh, some jobs, uh, I was flown out of state or, or flown to various areas. Uh, Star Trek, uh, I, I did local, uh, I mean, anything that isn't shot at the studio is considered, um, you know, being filmed on on location. So, I mean, we went over to Griffith Park or, uh, I swear, the poor guys, they were either uh, Jemadars or, um, I don't remember, I, I think they were Klingons. It seemed like both times that that the guys were wearing full Full makeup, in other words, their heads were completely covered and heavy suits uh there's a place called the quarry because it's a quarry, and it was a hundred and twenty degrees 
both days that they went up there to to I mean, you know, this isn't like in the same week or or days apart. I mean, it just for some reason the two times that they went up to the quarry, it it was I swear it was a 120 degrees. Um they didn't have honey wagons up there, which kind of is illegal when you're on location. You're supposed to have a dressing room, and at least you would have had air conditioning. I mean, they just they just stuck these guys. I, I don't even remember what it was, but no air conditioning. I mean, it, it was amazing. But uh, wow. like I say, uh, I was at uh, Griffith Park uh, for one of the episodes. And that was nice. Oh. It was a nice day when we went up there. Now before we before we go too far, uh, let's talk about the season finale of Voyage or of uh, Discovery. Um, what did you think of how they wrapped up that three story arc? And Burnham becoming captain, and then moving ahead in the future. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, I think in season four, anything could happen. Just because she was named captain the end of season three or in the finale. I mean, Saru is on his home planet, but that doesn't mean that <laughs> come season four that he comes back and and maybe they'll make him a captain again. It's, it's you know, they, they, um, can I say, I heard them say it. They said she sits in the chair. Basically, that's the finale, but uh, that doesn't really mean that she'll be captain for all of season four. So so I'm open-minded about it. I don't know. The only thing about Let's Fly, um, there's there's the Bob Fosse um, autobiography movie called uh, All That Jazz, or it's a semi-autobiography. I mean, <laughs> he was still alive. He was the director. Uh, and and for some reason when I when I hear the word let's fly it reminds me of the dance routine that they did in the movie and believe me you don't want to equate let's fly from all that jazz with with what michael said two different words <laughs> or two different meanings what what did you but, think uh, about the ending credits when they put up a quote from Gene Roddenberry about people connecting with each other. And then they ended the show with the TOS theme song. Whoops. Wait a minute. That actually, I enjoy, uh, well, I enjoy the beginning of every show because uh, when they do the Discovery theme, it ends with the original Star Trek uh, song, and and it just 
it ties in. I mean, uh, we're talking about the late 60s, and here it's 2021, and, and I enjoy it. I I enjoy hearing it. I think they did a really good job. I was really impressed when I heard it. Very much yeah. so. And I, and the quote that they use for Gene, from Gene Roddenberry about how we all need to connect <laughs> with each other and we all need that connection, um, it's very relevant to what's going on today with the COVID situation. We're all isolated and we're all locked down. And as a society, we do need that connection. I thought it was a great quote for them to Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's... I I mean, yes, it's Gene Roddenberry, but but I think even Rod Serling, with all his Twilight Zone, tried to impress people that we need to get along or there isn't going to be anybody left. And uh and and that's that's what we need in the world right now. We need Somehow we need to get over this COVID virus. Um, I, I, I'm I'm still uh, I I can't even think of the right word uh, to call it, but the the uh, I, I don't even know if you would call it the attempting of taking over the Capitol. But what happened in Washington D.C. Um, there are people are that that are definitely pointing fingers. I don't know. I don't know what happened down there, but that that is just for the for the rest of the world to watch what happened at, in Washington D.C. is is just it's it's such a shame. I mean, it's. I mean, we can't we can't seem to to. Get people to wear masks with the COVID virus, and and then you know to have the, the Congress breached or the or the uh, you know a, a, a Capitol building breached by a by a mob of people. I mean, my feeling is someone told security to stand down. I mean. It used to be that if someone jumped over the fence and was on the White House lawn, they would get shot or something, you know. I mean, and here this whole group is manage, manages to get into a building. Somebody, like I say, somebody gave the order to stand down. And I mean, in fact, uh, I think I read today that... Uh, an officer committed suicide today. I mean, yeah, five it, it, five people were killed. Five people died um, during that assault. One of them was an officer who was struck in the head with a fire extinguisher, and so it was it was a pretty serious, pretty scary situation. Yeah, but but I'm saying there's somebody. There's another police officer. That's so ridden with guilt, he committed suicide today. It wasn't that he was injured during what happened. 
it's that he couldn't live with himself and and he took his life today i mean it's in it's really a sad situation and i don't even know how america can can well i shouldn't say it that way is that i should say america needs to heal and they knew, need to do it very quickly i mean it's it's seems so out of control i mean I'll almost say you and I are lucky that we're up north. I mean that that we aren't yeah. or DC or 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 like Los Angeles is now completely a hotbed. Uh, I know I'm jumping back and forth here, but Los Angeles is completely a hotbed of the COVID virus. Um uh, you know, an, an announcement that was made is that uh, they want to stop all all filming. I mean, I, besides other things, but they want to stop all filming. And, you know, I've been saying that uh, pretty much every podcast is that I don't know when uh, Star Trek Picard will ever get filmed. I mean, until I know, until they sad. can uh, control uh, the COVID virus in Los Angeles, there isn't going to be filming in Los Angeles slash Hollywood. No. And, and you know, <laughs> and that was my something that... saying hello. And I don't know if he's going <laughs> to shut up. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where? He's on the floor, and I don't know where he is. I guess we're going to listen to barks every once in a while. <laughs> you know, the the thing that happened in Washington overshadowed what was going on in the rest of the country, but simultaneously four other uh, state capitals throughout that various states in the country were all being stormed at the same time as Washington. So it wasn't just Washington, which is scary. Yeah, yeah, no, it. it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. Isaiah, where are you? <laughs> I have a dog that wants to get on the radio. Yeah, no, it it <laughs> it is scary. I mean, this is this is a civil war. This is not. This isn't even protesting anymore. This is this is becoming a civil war. What scare what what bothers me about it is, you know, I, I always vote. I've never not voted. I feel that it's my right as an American. People have fought and died for me to have that right. My grandparents moved here as immigrants and and I owe it to them. To always vote And my candidates Don't always win And I have never Never felt the urge To pick up arms And storm the White House Or the Capitol building Because my candidate didn't win And that's something that I can't Wrap my brain around It's just I don't understand 
Yeah, well, and, I don't get it. and I don't know if you've seen this on Facebook, but I'm sorry. This is this is hypocritical. Is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is clearly looking at a teleprompter, and and he's comparing. Uh, well, I I can't say the the how you pronounce the German word, but the night of the broken glass. When the stormtroopers uh, went into the Jewish ghettos and and just broke it, broke all the windows and all that kind of stuff, but then he goes on for about seven minutes about you know what it was like over in Austria growing up and 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 he's trying to talk about healing, but I, I he. he he was the wrong person. I'm sorry. He was the wrong person to deliver this message because, like I say, number one, he's clearly reading a speech off of a teleprompter. You can look at his eyes and you can see that he's not, you know, he's sort of looking at the camera, but but that's where they place the teleprompter, either just above or just below. Um and he's talking for seven plus minutes. He wasn't the greatest uh, uh, California governor, and also he fathered a child with his maid, and kept that silent for for years. And we're supposed to trust this guy. We're supposed to say, "Wow, you know this this is a true leader." I I find nothing about Arnold Schwarzenegger being a true leader or someone who can condemn. Um, well, I'm sorry. I just I, I should stop there. Is that he's a hypocrite? That's my feeling. Well, I think that people. We, what 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 happened? at our state capitol and at capitals around the country, unfortunately, the issue here is that these people attempted a coup is what they did. These weren't riots. It was a coup. They were attempting to overthrow a legal election. And unfortunately, they were incited by our president. And that therein lies the problem right there. And, as long as our politicians don't stand up and condemn everything that occurred so that this never happens again, and they have to find all of these people and hold them accountable, from, Ju- from Rudy Giuliani, who said, let them die in combat, to President Trump, who said, it will be wild, let's march, they all have to be rounded up and held accountable, because if they're not, What's going to stop the next person from doing the same thing because they're not happy with the outcome? And that's what it comes down to. It doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter who won. We're all Americans. We're all in this together. You don't have the right to kill people and to storm and damage property because your candidate did not win. And that's what it comes down to. 
whether you're right, left, middle, center, conservative, liberal, don't matter. When it all comes down to it, you are an American. And what happened was an attack on America is what happened. And if those could have just as what there's no difference between that and Russia rolling troops down your street. It's the same thing. Our country was under attack and we can't tolerate it. It cannot be tolerated by anybody for any reason. And we've got to get over this right versus left, Democrat versus Republican, good versus evil garbage, and get right down to it that we're all Americans and we've got to get along and we've got to find a way to put this behind us and move ahead if we want to continue to survive. I mean, look at it in terms of Star Trek. How many episodes of Star Trek, how many times, did the Federation come into a planet that was under the same exact situation? Right? Right. You know, uh, and I, Captain uh... Kirk or, or Captain Picard would give a big speech and, and, and make things right, and then they would fly away and leave that planet to heal. And that's what we need. We need to heal. Right. But I still say that even the president, to me, should not be able to tell the police and or, well, I guess there was a question of should the National Guards be there, and supposedly he said no. But, I mean, the bottom line is those buildings should be secure no matter what person says um don't do anything. I mean, that, the minute they say don't secure buildings in Washington, D.C., you know something is wrong. I mean, the system the system really failed this time. And it's up to all of us to make sure that that does not happen again, I think. Agreed. And, um, you know, we have to... We have to get along, and we have to stop. We have to stop hating people because they look different, or because they practice a different religion, or because they identify with a different sexual orientation than we're comfortable with, or they speak a different language, or they're short, they're tall, they're fat, they're skinny, they're green, they're brown, they're blue. None of these things matter. When you reach out and hold the hand of your neighbor. That is a fellow American, and it doesn't matter at all. United we stand, and divided we fall, and we need to get back to being united. That's the important thing I think we need to learn from this. Exactly. So um, we've had enough heavy, heavy, heavy talking and and, uh, political points, and, and as important as it is for tonight, We have to take our first break, but when we come back, Leslie and I are going to be talking about Star Trek and how it's affected our lives and how it's affected the lives of many other fans, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking Star Trek. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. For those of you at Odyssey Radio, just hang in there. For the rest of you, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. 
Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back. Welcome back to Sun Treks. I'm Uncle Jim. With me, as usual, is the one and only Leslie Hoffman. And we're going to be talking about living the dream of Star Trek. Now, I know that most Star Trek fans, we've all dreamed of being on Star Trek. That's, that's something that we all think about. I've never been on Star Trek, but I did have a friend who was a writer on Star Trek. And my wife and I got to go out to Paramount Studios and and tour the lot and, and see a lot of things out there. And it was great. That's as close to living the dream of being on Star Trek as I ever got to get. But Star Trek has been so influential on my life and it, and it moved me in so many ways that in the early nineties, I decided I wanted to pass along that joy and, and that hope that Star Trek gave me and I ran some Star Trek conventions in upstate New York. And it was, it was incredible to pull it all together and have the support of the fans and the community and, and bring that joy to other people. It was, it was a priceless time in my life. Since then, I've been involved in Star Trek fan clubs. I cosplay as a Klingon. I wave my batlet all over the place, and I... I I love to go out as a Klingon and spread that hope to people that Star Trek gives us, the hope of the future. And I do this podcast. I do several podcasts. I do this one with Leslie. I do Trek Talking with my friends Eric and Charles. I do Comics Corner where we talk about Star Trek comic books. I also do Book Nook where we review Star Trek books. And then we do a couple of other little ones here and there throughout the years. So I'm, I'm heavily involved in the Star Trek universe and getting that, that feeling of hope out to people. Because I think Star Trek inspires us in ways that other mediums don't because Star Trek is almost loosely a believable reality or future for human beings to strive for. And if you look at the original Star Trek in the 60s, how many of the things that they invented in the 60s for Captain Kirk do we actually have in reality today? And people saw those things on TV in the 60s and were inspired to make them a reality. Pot, like iPads and cell phones, foot phones and things of that nature are here because people saw them on TV in Star Trek and said, I want to, I want to make that a reality. And they did. We have astronauts that, that became astronauts because they were inspired by Star Trek. Michelle Nichols worked for NASA going out there and recruiting people for the space program. So I think that Star Trek has become so much more than just a TV show. I think it means a lot more to a lot of people out there. And we all have our own little stories and our own little involvement in it. But for tonight's show, we're going to talk with Leslie a little bit about, about her living the dream and what, what, what she learned from Star Trek and what 
brought her to Star Trek and what she hopes you guys all can learn from it. So, Leslie, take it away. Well, uh, we we sort of started talking about it right now. Is that uh, you know, 2020 is a year that actually we probably wish <laughs> did not even exist. 2021 seems to be starting off with a rough start, but uh, I was lucky enough to work on Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Voyager, um, and and uh, and and as you say, I'm I'm an original Trekkie. I watched it in the 60s. Uh, I never thought that I'd actually be on the show. Uh, so, so I was one of the lucky ones that that uh, uh, to be a part of Star Trek. But that doesn't mean that uh, other people. I mean, you sort of touched on it. Other people, um, and and I'm going to broaden this kind of now is through reenactments. Uh, 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 like like um, uh, the Renaissance Fair, the Civil War. I'm sure there are other reenactments. Um, <laughs> the, the Klingon operas, um, and 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 you have the Star Trek conventions. In fact, it was to me Star Trek was the one that even started conventions. Um, I don't remember as a child any other show that uh I mean you, you didn't go to a Superman convention or Batman convention or as much as we love Planet of the Apes there, there wasn't a Planet of the Apes convention but but uh people were so taken by Star Trek that's when uh as far as I know conventions started um and 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 it allowed people to to uh, I'm not sure how to say it is that you know life life can sometimes be tough and overwhelming and uh and these conventions of you have a you have a 3-day weekend to be a Klingon or to be one of your favorite uh, characters from Star Trek. Uh, it's kind of sad that the conventions seem to be slowly dying away, but uh, you know, like I say, you, 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 the harsh re- reality of of especially the world today. Uh, you're able to be that special person or that person that that um <laughs> that you want to be um it, it it you're able to create your perfect world even though even though you know that <laughs> it's going to end in a couple days um and then as for other movies uh I I've been a cave woman in Flintstone Viva Rock Vegas. 
like say all the way to Star Trek Voyager and and in between that uh I've been in comedy situations, horror situations, uh you know, I've been I've been part of a gang, I've been uh it, you know, it that's actually to live the dream is actually something some people say. I don't know if actors say it, but but I think it's that it's that you get to be this other person. I mean, I, I'm not talking about what I what I would term fanatic. I mean, you know that that you're going to the set today and doing whatever you you know whatever character you're being and at the end of the day you go home and <laughs> and you pay the bills <laughs> but but the but the world is open to you as well uh you know the the, the public is that like I say is that you're able to make fan films um uh, I know of people that do cosplay. Uh, in other words, it's not a convention. It's not a fan film. You know, might, it might be an opening of a mall or or some kind of celebration, and and they they dress up as uh, Star Trek, and and they meet the public. Um, uh, well, I already touched upon the, the conventions, the Renaissance Fair. I mean, for people who love that time period, um, you know, I well, kind of. Uh, I'm, I'm going real quick here, but but we're all able to live the dream you desire. You're all. You're. Everyone is capable. Of taking those few moments, even even if it's watching a movie, watching a television show, uh, like I say, it's more so if you can dress up like um, a character that you believe in, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully your dream. Will help will help reality and twenty twenty one will be a better year and and you always have your dreams for you. Yeah, I I dress up as a Klingon, and the I love the reason why I like Klingons is very simple. When TNG came out, I had all my friends over. We had a pizza. And we watch Star Trek. And who is sitting on the bridge? A Klingon. The enemy of the Federation was now our friend. And not only was he our friend, he's on the bridge of the Enterprise, the flagship of the Federation. And right away, immediately, I was like, okay, that's my guy right there, Worf. And I got to be a Klingon. I've got to get that hope out people that even the dreaded enemies, the evil Klingons of Star Trek eventually became our friends. I want to put that message out there. I want to be a Klingon. Now, I don't speak Klingon or any anything like that, but I do dress up as a Klingon when I, when I go out to these events. And I was at a convention um, down in um, 
Rhode Island, Rhode Island Comic Con a couple of years ago because there hasn't been any conventions because of COVID. This was a couple of years ago. And the line was like 10 blocks long. It was like out the door, down the corner, down the corner, around the corner, across the parking lot. Through. I mean, it was ridiculous. And it was cold. But I was dressed up as a Klingon, so I wasn't too cold. My wife and I, who, who by the way, doesn't dress up as anything. And I always rag on her. I say, well, you're going to look like a geek. You're going out to a convention and you're, you're dressed normal. Only nerds do that. Come on. You got to wear something. So I always rag on her about that. Just, But anyways, I always dress up as a Klingon. And we're walking down the road trying to get to the end of the line. And there's this little kid, maybe 10 years old. And he's pointing and he's, he's, he's pulling on his mother and he's hiding behind his mother. And as we get closer, he's, he's pointing and he's hiding behind his mother. And we walk by and his mother, to me, my son would like to, to meet you. So I said, of course. And I came over and he thought, he thought I was war, which I'm not. I wear a Klingon uniform like, uh, like from Star Trek three, but that's okay. And, uh, he wanted to touch my head and and talk to me. And he he the smile he held my batlet and the smile that was on that kid's face because he got to meet a Klingon and touch his head. I'll never forget that. You you that's priceless when you can bring that kind of happiness to a child just from being you. It's incredible. And, well, that's you know, it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, in other words, that child watches television and he sees a Klingon. Maybe he realizes that it's television. Maybe he dreams of of the series. But, but here... He's walking down the street, and here's a real Klingon, you know, standing there. I mean, it just, <laughs> Santa Claus is real. Klingons are real. Exactly. It's just, you know, when you can, when you, when you can do that, I, I, was, I was up at Trek Conroga. When, when was the last Trek Conroga? That was two years ago, right, Leslie? I think. Because of COVID? Yeah. Well, 2019, I was at Trekconaroga. I think you were there too. Were you, were you there last time? Uh, I don't not remember. Last, not last time. I I forget the last time I was in Ticonderoga. Um We've actually seen each other at a horror convention, a Star Trek convention in Albany. Um, I don't know if they were in the same year or a year apart, and and then we definitely saw each other in Ticonderoga. Yeah, I'm not sure if you were at, I, but anyway, I was at, I always go up to Ticonderoga, and I, again I was dressed up as a Klingon, and the same similar thing happened to me. I was walking through the gymnasium as a Klingon. And my daughter is dressed up as a as um, a Starfleet officer, like Uhura. She's got the red mini skirt and stuff. And we're walking through the gym, and I went to meet um, Ethan Peck, who plays Mr. Spock on uh, Discovery and the and the new upcoming Strange New World. And we're walking out. I just met Ethan Peck, who was a great guy, by the way. 
And a, a very similar thing happened. There was a little kid in the gymnasium. And I'm, oddly enough, I was the only Klingon there, which is strange, but I was. And this little kid wanted to touch my bat lift and whatnot. And his, his, his mother asked me if it was okay. And I said, well, it's, it's, you know, it's fine with me if it's okay with you. And the little kid was holding my bat lift and he's smiling from ear to ear that he got to hold the Klingon bat lift. And I got down next to him and he put the bat lift up to my throat. We got a picture of him attacking a Klingon with a bat lift. And that kid was just so happy. And I was thrilled. I was thrilled that I could make that kid so happy. And that's what it's all about for me. You know? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean is not only are you living the dream, you're sharing the dream with someone and you're making someone else happy. And, I think when it comes right down to it, that's the message behind Star Trek. You know, we we yeah. all have to live on this planet together, and we're all on this ride together, so we need to get through it together. And, you know, if I can make somebody's life just that much better by being a Klingon and letting them touch my bat lift or take a picture with me or whatever – then I am more than happy to do that and never, ever think twice about it. I'll stand there all day and take pictures with fans. I absolutely love that. That's my way of giving back to Star Trek. And I know, Leslie, when, when you were on the show, did you, did you realize what it was like to actually be on the show and bringing that to life to people. Did that hit you? What was what you were actually doing? That you were what you were, were embarking on, or was it just another job for you? Oh no, no. Um, I mean, I've I worked uh, other television shows and movies at Paramount Studio, but that that I mean, in other words, I'd been biz- the business for several years. Uh, the first day that I had a call to be on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, I mean, it 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 was a completely different feeling, you know, that I got in, I drove through the gate, parked the car, got my stunt bag, and I'm walking over to stage 18, and, and it was like... I mean, I guess it's the same feeling you're saying is that um it wasn't it wasn't that I was walking to a stunt job. It was that I was walking to be on Star Trek. I mean, a, a show that I grew up with and now all of a sudden I'm going to be a part of Star Trek. I'll I'll never forget that day. Wow. Leslie, in, in, in your experience and in your opinion, do the other actors that are on Star Trek, do they, do they realize, do they feel the same way about the franchise and about the journey that, that they embark on when they put on that uniform or that Klingon head or that Cardassian head? Do, do they know what they're actually, what they're actually doing? Do they, do they realize the gravity of that? Um, 
I think many do, and and especially, believe it or not, the cast does. Not I'm not ever not the I'm sorry I said it backwards. The crew does. I mean, Doug Drexler, Jim Van Over. Uh, uh, I mean, the behind the scenes, uh, the Westmores. I mean, they they understand it. Uh, um, we actually have our own Facebook page that is only allowed to pe for people who've worked on Star Trek. I mean, we we stay in touch with each other. That's awesome. That is so cool. It is. It's really it's really nice. Um and uh, uh we we've always been one big family, not necessarily <laughs> family doesn't necessarily mean one big happy family, but uh for the most part we're one big happy family. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now do do you still do you see any of the uh Star Trek alumni once in a while? I know some of them live up in your area. Um um, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, uh, the only way that I can stay in touch with people is through Facebook. Uh, no one's going <laughs> to, no one's going to come up to Saranac Lake to say hello to me. <laughs> I don't expect it, but, uh, um, you know, uh, I, I stay in touch with, uh, several of of the Star Trek people on on Facebook and talk to them uh uh so actually thinking about it I think I am in touch with more Star Trek uh again crew interestingly enough crew as opposed to cast um than than I am with uh, people that I graduated from high school. I mean, uh, it isn't as if I'm not in touch with some people from Saranac Lake and the time period that I was in school, but for some reason, Star Trek seems to be, uh, I'll say, the, the much more hardcore, or we know what we did, and we're proud of it, and we love each other, and and we stay in touch with each other. Now, one one last question before we run out of time, Leslie. What is it like when you're watching TV and an episode that you're in comes on the television? Oh, <laughs> believe it or not, my uh, I. Uh, my heart starts pounding. You know, I know a stunt that I'm doing is coming up any moment, and 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 I smile. I mean, uh, again, the theme of this podcast is living the dream, and and I I can watch the episode, and and then I see my stunt, and I just have right now. I wish you could see my faces. I. Uh, I have a big smile on my face because, I don't know, I'm a part of, I didn't want to say I'll make history, but I'm a part.
part of history. I'm a part of that franchise of Star Trek. Uh, I'll never be in Canada on Discovery. I'll never be voicing uh, Lower Decks, but I know that I'm a part of of Star Trek. And that's awesome. That's that's something that the rest of us can't say. That's a something special. And I love it. Well, but we 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 are just about out of time, believe it or not. We have just about three minutes to go. So um, I just want to say Happy New Year. I hope that, that your new year is going well for you. It, it is. I, I've had a sick little puppy, except that he was barking. <laughs> he wanted to be on the radio, so maybe he's feeling better. But, uh, no, it's 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 hopefully going to be a good year. I mean, I'm. Yeah, uh, let's hope. <laughs> let's and, hope. And and what, your daughter just had a birthday. Yep, she's 26 yep. years old. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Boy, How old boy, were you when old. you went to your first convention? Oh, that's a good question. Um. Uh, maybe. Uh, Eighteen, maybe. It was nineteen. It was nineteen eighty-three. It was a uh, search for Spock had just come out. Leonard Nimoy, or not Leonard Nimoy, Mark Leonard was at a convention in Albany, New York, and I went to meet Mark Leonard, uh, and that was the first convention I went to. I still have that picture that he signed for me in, back in nineteen eighty-three, and that was my first Star Trek convention. Yeah, my first convention was nineteen nineteen seventy two and and luckily I I have a couple of pictures of me with uh George TK. I mean it's it's incredible to believe that I was probably seventeen when I went to uh the convention in New York City. It's a good Time thing flies. we don't age. <laughs> we, we pretty much stay the same, you know. but anyways I just want to say thank you Leslie for hanging out with with me tonight and sharing your stories with us it's always great to talk with you thank you very much oh it's it's always wonderful to talk about it and and like I say wrapping it up is anybody can share the dream I mean, whether it's a fan film, whether it's going to a convention, whether it's just talking about Star Trek, you you can be a part of it too. You don't, you know, you didn't have, you don't have to be in an episode of Star Trek to be a part of Star Trek. No, you don't. Absolutely not. And uh, I just want to let you guys know that I will be back on Thursday night. At 7.30, we'll be talking about the season finale of Star Trek Voyager, That Hope Is You, Part 2. And we're going to have a very special guest, a good friend of ours, Laura Dre, will be with us. Uh, She was the front woman for the Intergalactic Officers of Evil, whom we had on the show several times. She now has a solo career in her first single, Moving Spaces, 
will be being released, I believe, on the 22nd. We're going to premiere her new single live on our show Thursday night and talk to her about it, so you don't want to miss that. Please head over to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page and say hello. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. And uh, Leslie gets back to people over there relatively quick, so just say hello to Leslie. And as usual, I'm your Uncle Jim saying thank you very much for hanging out with us tonight and listening to us around the globe, wherever you may be. You're all part of our Star Trek family. I hope that everybody has a safe and happy 2021. Not starting off too good, but that means we only have one direction to go, and that's up. So let's try to make that happen. I'll be back next Sunday with another stunt track and the one and only Leslie Hoffman. Same bat time, same bat channel. Good night, everybody. Night. Hailing frequencies are closed. Let's see what's out of there. Engage. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.